Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo So I call your name, your name. And welcome to The Gathering on Science of Life Radio. I'm Bob Ginsberg, and I'm here with Tom and Melissa Gould. And uh, The Gathering, as you know by now, is that program once a month where we take your questions. Uh, you email them into us and... We've gotten some of your emails, and please join in our conversation, have something you want to discuss, uh, or ask a question. The number here is 888-627-6008. Before we get started, a couple of housekeeping things. One, um, our summer raffle is still going on. Uh, You could win a reading with one of five certified mediums. It's $5 a chance, so... Um, it's a good opportunity. It raises money for Forever Family Foundation. So please log on to the website at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. And under events, you will see the raffle as well as uh, other events, including grief retreats. Speaking of grief retreats, we have, um, as you may know, our Connecticut retreat in July and our uh, California retreat in October is sold out. And because they're both sold out, we're opening registration next week for our Florida retreat in January. Uh, and that promises to be a, a good retreat. I mean, Laura Lynn Jackson will be there as well as other, you know, great certified mediums. So uh, members will receive advance notice. So look for an email next week about that. And lastly, uh, we have two very interesting webinars coming up, one in April and one in May. And you can find and register uh, for those on the events page of foreverfamilyfoundation.org. So uh, without further ado, why don't we start off by reading some questions that came in. Um, And I don't know, I don't have the answers, but Tom and Melissa do. So Uh, here's one. Uh, when When I get to the other side and see my son, Will I be able to hug him, or will we all be ethereal light bodies without a firm exterior? That's a legitimate question. You know, yeah. people think you, know, you want to give your loved ones a hug. Are we this, you know, heavenly kind of body that's um, all thought and energy? It's speculation on our part, but we believe that, um, you know, when you are this being of energy on the other side, that you could manifest a body if you if you feel like it although there may not be a need for it because it's just the pure love that gets communicated um but i would also say that for those people that experienced dream visitations right so the, our loved one on the other side is communicating with us um and i know i've had such a, a visitation in that visitation i can hug my loved one yeah. um you know and with a firm body as if you know, she was there. So I would say, um, I would answer that 
yes, you would be able to hug your loved one on the other side. What do you guys think? Well, you know, the last at the beginning of the last show, you made a reference to a book called The Unobstructed Universe. Yeah. And uh, I had not yet read it, so we got a copy, and I'm in the middle of reading it, and I uh, tagged one spot where uh, Betty White says that... Betty White? Well, yeah. They book- <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> She's even older than you thought. <laughs> Her book was written by a fellow by the name of Stuart White, and his wife, Elizabeth, who was on the other side, is communicating with him, but she likes to be referred to as Betty, and I'm going... Hey, this is Betty White. But uh, she said in in regard to that, they asked about um, the senses, you know, that we have our five senses. And she replied that she has all five of the senses and more. So you can feel, you can touch, you can taste. And I would say, yes, you will get an actual physical, well, physical, an actual hug that feels like a hug. It won't be a physical hug, but it will feel like a physical hug. And really, if it feels like it, that's just as good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, re- I recall, and I don't know who told me this, but back in 2006, Bob, when we were at that retreat together, yeah, one of the other attendees spoke quite strongly about how one can have I'll just be blunt, sex <laughs> in the afterlife. So they must have had some story or encounter. I don't know. You have to ask Lloyd about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> or that's true. You have another webinar coming up <laughs> with someone who has an encounter with a ghost. So maybe <laughs> that's a question. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, you know, Sex is completely different than the afterlife, you know. Maybe it's like that. What was that? A Woody Allen movie with that orga- orgasmatron? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, I I don't know. It's uh, I got enough to worry about with, with that. I don't, I don't know what that would be like. Uh, here's one that came in. Um, I have been asking for a sign from my father, but have not received one. So my question is: Do all spirits give signs, or are some so happy to be in their forever home? Uh, that they don't visit those who they left behind. Uh, I ask this because my father was ready to leave this world as we know it, age and sickness being the main part. Um, so um, it's something that comes up often, right? Just about in every show, you know, people say, you know, does do all spirits give signs and do all people, you know, receive the signs? So um, you want to tackle that one, Melissa? Well, I'm, you know, I'm curious, Bob, when the foundation first began and we had, you had the sign registry, whatever, what, did you ever get feedback about that? What kind of signs people? Well, yeah, I mean, wanted? people, I mean, we, that, that's been discontinued, but yes, people registered signs. You know, what, what I found um, from my reading over the years and also, you know, through the sign registry was that it's rare that somebody communicates a sign that they're going to leave to their loved one while they're still living and that that sign actually gets communicated. I mean, sometimes it does, but I think it's the exception, you know, when it does. And I think we've speculated in the past, you know, reasons for that. I mean, my, my uh, theory on that, um, 
you know, for instance, when, uh, when Fran was passing, um, and she was very, very, very sick at the end, you know, we, you know, Corey made up, uh, my daughter made up a sign with her, um, to, to communicate. And she's very disappointed that that very, very specific sign has not been communicated. But the way I look at it is that if you're in that bad physical shape, you know, where your whole body, including your mind, and your brain is compromised, Who's to say that you're going to remember that sign that you agreed to when you're on the other side? Maybe you don't, you know, maybe that's clouded. I don't think we have total recall of everything on the other side. Just, just a speculation on my part, but, um, but then we hear stories. Um, You've heard them. I've heard them of people um, like the, you know, the one that the blue magic marker, you know, story, right. Of people that make up a sign and that sign gets communicated and gets communicated right away. So I think it's, um, I don't know the reason. Um, What do you think about the statement though? You know, are some spirits just so uh, happy to be in there where they are that they don't feel the need to, to communicate. What do you think? I, you know, I, I like that. I like that uh, as an assumption or a uh, conjecture. I uh, This question, it's a great question, and the one that's probably the most plaguing to me throughout that, that the people who, yes, as you say, there are plenty of great examples. In fact, Laura Lynn Jackson has a book called Signs, and where she says, She's asked to get aardvarks, and all of a sudden, aardvarks show up in interesting places. And she she maintains that if you specifically ask for something that specific, you will get them. And yet, I have been to too many grief retreats and have too many shows where callers like this one, uh, uh, listeners, call in or, or, or send us a message that they don't get signs and, and it's, you know, that pains me. So I, 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 like I say, I'd like to adopt you the thought that they're having such a good time. They're so happy on the other side that, you know, they don't think to turn around and, and send something. Um, another explanation is again, we're on the, the other side, time is infinite. You've, you've got thousands and thousands of years to be in spirit when you only have a very brief time to be in the physical world and that they know that they're going to see you like that for them. doesn't feel like that for us, but maybe that's it, that they just know that they're going to be there. The one thing that I do know is that they will be there for you when you get to the other side. So for the first question, they'll be there and you can give each other a big hug. Uh, in the meantime, signs, schmines. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just want to add a little to that is, um, is you might get signs that you don't recognize as a sign there, you know, something you get in your car, turn it on and the very first thing happens is their favorite song is playing and you just sort of, Oh, that was their favorite song. And you think nothing of it. Well, that could be a sign, you know, so don't look for the big uh, reveal that they're, that they're going to hold up by an actual, well, sometimes they do a street sign that means something, but 
you know, you got to think more subtly uh, and don't think, uh, you know, I constantly use this. If people are looking for the burning bush, you know, as a, as a sign and, you know, you're not going to see a burning bush. You might, but for the most part, you're either going to see a butterfly, a cardinal, uh, a song on the radio, you know, any number of little things that you write off as coincidences, those can be signs. So my uh, advice, I guess, to that is uh, don't be discouraged, um, which is horrible advice, because of course you're going to be discouraged, but uh, but just not to not to ignore the, the simple things, uh, the, the subtle signs. I always worried, I not worried about it, but I didn't want to be limited to saying what sign I'd leave behind because I thought, I have no clue what I'm going to be able to do once I reach the other side. That's you true. know, a butterfly, yeah. a bird sounds a little too easy, and I think it would have to be a little more intriguing and complex. And just to make um, your daughter feel a little bit better, I know my niece-in-law felt the same way when her dad passed. She told me they had a sign that they had agreed on, and he might have been in the similar condition that Fran was in and, you know, wasn't able to process what he was agreeing to. And, and with my mom, when she was close to death, and I said, oh, mom, we talked about signs. And I think when I see you, and she stopped me, and she goes, don't you be telling me what sign I'm going to show you. I'm going to come up with my own sign. So, you know, we might not be looking for the right things. Right. Yeah. And I know for me personally, when I get to the other side, I'm going to have to deal with you know, the, that library book I never returned and things like that. <laughs> no, Melissa will have to deal with that. You will. <laughs> um, you're listening to The Gathering on Signs of Life Radio. In case you wanted to join in, the number here is 888-627-6008. I agree with both of you uh, about signs. There was a related question, very similar, that came in that said that um, I talk to other people who grieve the loss of a loved one, and a large number of them have never received a sign or communication, nor do they believe in them. Um, don't their loved ones, you know, want to communicate? Well, that goes, it's related to what you just said. Yeah. How do you know you're not getting a sign? If you don't believe in them, then you're going to ignore anything that comes up. I was like that, you know, so, um, and as as Tom said, very often these things are, subtle or a sense of presence or not, not the burning bush. So um, if you don't believe in it, you're not going to get them, you know, and plus the fact that if you don't believe in them, your loved one on the other side may not want to waste their time by trying to get through to you, you know? So that's funny. You know, bring, interesting. You bring that up because we had a friend who uh, suffered a loss and we were uh, uh, talking with him and uh, Melissa mentioned about, you know, looking for signs and he was like, oh, I don't believe you know, the sign. Ah, I'm not talking about anything like that. Yeah. And then we were conversing and then about 15 minutes later, he's telling a story and we said, well, that's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. you know, it, yeah. you're yeah. right. You, you, exactly. If you don't believe it, you're never going to see it. Yeah. Here's um, one that wrote in, um, first she was, I'll just paraphrase, she was talking about a, um, a conference that she attended at Rice University called Archives of the Impossible. Um, 
and there were many speakers and they were talking about all of these um, different types of anomalous phenomena that, that people um, have. And her question was, do mediums tend to experience multiple sorts of anomalous, often termed paranormal phenomena in, in their lives? And if so, what sorts of experiences are most common? I would say that the mediums are not much different than the rest of us when it comes to these things. You know, I think everybody has these experiences. Um, mediums that we've talked to report having dream visitations, just like, you know, many people do. Um, they report um, psychic, you know, phenomena, um, you know, that where they get, um, you know, intuition or insight about something that, that's going to happen. Um, they, um, we know, you know, one, one of our mediums that, that gets EVP like crazy, you know? Um, so um, I don't know just because they're a medium um, if they get things that are different from what all of us non-mediums get. What do you think? I know that it's it's troubled me a little bit when some of our mediums have told us that they can't read for themselves. And of course, within the foundation at our retreats, the mediums are teaching people how to not need a medium. And then we have a medium saying they can't read for themselves, but we're telling everyone you can do this for yourself. So I, it, I suppose it, it, they're like other humans and sometimes yeah. you can and sometimes you can't. Right. Let's take a call. Um, we have um, Jackie from Ohio. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Bob. How are you? Okay. How are you? I'm good. Um, I enjoy the radio shows. They're very uh, comforting um, for me. Um, I was at the retreat in January, and um, as I have said before, for anybody that's listening that's never never been never been to one, sign up and go. It will change your life. Well, thank you. So the question the question that I have is, um, I lost my grandson two years ago. He was my only grandson. He was twenty one. And um, since finding the foundation and opening my eyes and my world to all the mediums, is there, I, I choose not to say that he has died. I choose to say that he has left. He has left here and gone somewhere else. Is there a better word? Um, I know simple people use the word transition. But is there a better word to use than than they have died? Because they don't no, really I, die. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question, and I've thought about that a lot over the years. Um, I would always, you know, say that, and I, I still say that they passed. Um, you know, sometimes I'll say that they passed to the next world. Um, but um, sometimes people, especially people that we, you know, strangers or, you know, acquaintances uh, that aren't into some of the things that we're into, they just, they look at you and what does that, what does that really mean? What they passed, they, mm-hmm. they died, right? You know, so 
I don't have a problem. And sometimes I'll, I'll say that they died, but, you know, but um, we know as, as you do, um, you know, that, that, that is a transition. Uh, I sometimes I, I, I'll use the word transition, but sometimes also for the same reason, I feel funny because the people on the other on the receiving end might not know what I'm talking about, you know? So, um, you know, transition is, is another word that people, that people use, but um, sometimes I'll say they die. Listen, you know, the afterlife is also a term that we don't think makes sense. It's, it's a bad word because it's not after, you know, life, it's, it's part of life. It's a continuum mm-hmm. of life, you know? It's so, continuum. yeah. Yeah. You know, so Sometimes I feel so, but we've been using afterlife for 20 years. I'm not about to try, you know, change it now, but perhaps that's, that's a, uh, that's a bad, you know, term. There's a lot of things that we talk about when you think about it, that the words don't make much sense, but um, do you feel better when you say to somebody, you know, that you're, you know, that your, your grandchild, you know, passed, I mean, is it, is it hard for you to, is it is it easier for you to say that than saying that they died? Yeah, yeah. I, I never I never say that he died. I always say that he left. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think it's and, fairly and, common. And, and most of them and people that know me know what I mean. Um, I worry well, I guess I, I I have talked to people that that would not know that, but um, I think the word, I, I, I I never use that word because I don't. I to me that's a finality that um, I don't believe in anymore, and right. so that's why I I've wondered you know what other words do people use other than I mean I've heard transitioned I've heard past I refuse to use the word die because I just don't believe to me that's just a finality and I don't you know I just I don't believe in that anymore I believe that there's there's more than here so I, I just usually say you know that he left. The phrase passed away, I think most is pretty common in our vernacular that if you say he passed away, I think there's nobody that wouldn't know what you meant. I like to say crossed over. But that gets I, into, they say, what do you mean? You know, that, but for the general public, especially the non-believers, you want to express that. I, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't know what you meant by passed away. I, I think that also um, passed on. Um, to me is uh, has a better connotation to it because it's not finality. They just passed on to something else, you know, instead of yeah. past, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. gone. I'll tell you something have that you, I have you, how do the yeah. mediums refer to it? Um, That's a good I don't, question. I don't know. You know, the, I don't, I, I've never really thought about it in, in that context. You know, I mean, I guess I'm not paying attention when they talk about it. They, they, they typically say your loved one's on the other side, you know? Um, so uh, they don't really talk about, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, dying or, or death. They're always in the context of being in another place, you know? Yeah. I don't recall in a reading them say, ask, you know, not that we want them to, ask us questions but yeah. they might say are they here or are they on the other side i'll tell you something that um to this day um i still have a problem with and it's it, it i get stumped like just the other day um i was in you know physical therapy and then the therapist said to me like how many children do you have um 
I feel terribly guilty saying two because it's not true. So um, no. I'll say I'll say three, but one, one, two here and one in spirit. And then they really mm-hmm. look at me like, well, you know, what am, what am I talking about? But I don't care. I mean, I feel better saying that. Um, but right. I, I did the same can, thing. If someone says, how many grandchildren do you have? I say, I have one here. I have two. I have right. one here and I have one on the other side. Yeah, I think that's the correct answer, you know. Um, you know, sometimes we don't want to, you just want to take the easy way out and move on and just say, you know, whatever. But I, I think it's important, you know, that we acknowledge um, our loved ones that pass. So I, I agree with you, Jackie, on that. Well, well thanks I'm, for calling, I'm, Jackie. I'm privileged enough to, um, I, I have been lucky enough to um, get on John Holland's um, trip to England uh, two weeks oh, from no. today. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I, I have friends that live in England, and I haven't been there in two and a half years, so um, I'm very excited about going, and I'm and I'm hoping that maybe I can get the opportunity to maybe ask him that question. How do they refer to it when they sure. when they talk about that? Yeah. What is the well, word they use? Past, guide, um, transitioned, and because I, I don't think I've ever heard a medium say that. Yeah, well, if you know John, he'll certainly have an answer. So you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get an answer. <laughs> Great resource. Well, I'm I'm yeah. I'm hoping that he will, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. But um, okay. you know, I, have I, I have a therapist, and she's wonderful, and she's been a big help to me. And we were talking about you know the whole transition, and you know the you know finding all of this for me has been a godsend. And she said, you know. People that are that are Christians go to church on Sunday, and that's their reinforcement. Because I was telling her, I love to listen to the radio show; it does so much for me. I learn a lot. It, it's a reinforcement of what I already believe. And she said, and that's just what going to church is for people that are Christians. So for you, it's listening to the radio show, and that's a reinforcement of of now your beliefs, and and it helps you heal. So thank you all for doing this. It's um, it is truly helpful and amazing. And thanks for calling the Church of the Gathering. <laughs> Take you, care, Jackie. Take care. All right. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Bye. All right. So here's a, a question. Um, I'm curious about the possibilities of using lucid dreaming in order to connect with someone on the other side. I never hear anything about this. Any thoughts? Um, I mean, lucid dreaming, for those who are not aware, is, you know, when, when you have a dream and you are aware that you are having the dream and you can interact with, you know, whatever appears in your dream. And there are specific techniques that can be taught um, to encourage that. Uh, But I don't know, I'm not aware of um, specific like studies that people are doing with lucid dreaming or using that as a tool to connect with their loved ones on the other side. However, wouldn't you say that like dream visitations are usually lucid dreams in a sense, right? Because I know when I've had these dream visitations, um, I'm aware uh, that I'm dreaming and that I'm getting visited and I can interact. Um, and I wouldn't say not necessarily control where I'm going, but maybe try to redirect it. Um, I don't know. I mean, have you found that? I mean, because I, I remember even in dreams, having a dream visitation 
uh, for my daughter and in saying to her, you, you do know that you're dead, right? You know, um, so, cause that was a question that I, that I, I needed to ask because it was early on. So I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, you think that dream visitations would fall into the category of lucid dreams? Um, well, yeah. I mean, especially the way you described it. I mean, I've had some dream visitations that I, and I've had lucid dreams and, uh, the dream visitation, I, I feel, for me, was like any dream where you don't even know it. You just like you're in a situation and, oh, there's, you know, there's my father or there's my friend and and uh, and they're smiling or whatever they do. And then it's over. And then when I wake up the next morning, I remember vividly the whole circumstance and and one of the dreams was 30 years ago and i remember that dream vividly still uh whereas i was uh i had a, a guitar playing friend oddly enough 30 years ago who could uh lucid dream pretty much at will and i always thought that that would be fun so i experimented with that and uh at the time, I didn't have anybody on the other side that I would have gone looking for. You know, usually when I would find myself in a lucid dream um, and go, "Oh, I am dreaming," then I would I would fly. The first thing I would do is I'd, I'd fly, and so that what I how I knew, uh, and and well, some of the things that you might you train yourself to say. If you're in a dream, a couple of things happen. If you look at um, something with numbers on it or a sign or something, and then you look away and you look back, if it's a loose, if you're dreaming, it won't be the same. The numbers will be different or that. So you'll know that, oh, this is a dream. And then that triggers that I'm in a dream. And if that happened now, then, yeah, maybe I would go looking for uh uh, somebody I knew, um, you know, where you would look. I mean, it's still a dream and you're, and you're still, you know, fairly uh, earthbound in a way other than being able to fly, but you're not going across the universe. I wasn't any way, but yeah. Um, that I don't know if that's an answer or not, but yeah, you can. Yeah. You can and we don't really know. I um, sort of recall, I, I just recall a quick, um, in my dream, and I felt it was a lucid dream, and it wasn't that many years ago, seeing my dad, he was in a, a group of people because he was always among committees trying to save the world, so he must have his people around him now, but it was funny because in when I saw him, rather than talk to him, it was like, I've got to go find Bob and Fran and ask them what I should be asking my dad right now. So <laughs> I, I, it was so weird that I, I, I didn't even interact with him because I had to go find you guys. <laughs> well, well, it's too bad I didn't pick up on that because then I could have broken in. Uh, uh, here's one. We, we, you touched on this a little bit before. Do spirits give you privacy when you're naked, going to the bathroom or having sex? Is there an oath that every spirit takes? <laughs> yes, I, I thought yes, that was an interesting <laughs> thing. Like, yes, the first thing they do is they swear <laughs> that they're not going to uh, invade your privacy. Um, I, I just don't think that it, 
they're interested at all no. to see yeah. you, you know, doing, you know, private things. I mean, they'd be interested in your general welfare or particular problems that you have, or perhaps even interceding if they can to help you or, or, or steer you in the right direction. But no, nah, I don't think they're watching me take go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You can go anywhere in time or space, but I think I'll go and hang out in a port of sand. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Let's see, should I do Mars today or <laughs> watch Bob uh, try to go? Um, here, here's one. Many people we've believe in the power of positive thinking and how we can manifest good things in our lives. Um, can our loved ones and spirit use their minds to affect us positively in the physical world? I guess if it's true here, uh, then it would be true there, perhaps even to a greater degree, because they're entities of pure thought with any, with no obstructions, um, you know, um, so uh, perhaps even, you know, more powerful. So I think we've all heard examples where loved ones on the other side, um, at least we attribute it to them, you know, um, make good things, you know, happen for us on this side. What do you, what do you think? I think that's, you know, when we're grieving for someone, we're because we love them so much and the more love we have, you know, our grief is stronger that, our loving thoughts towards them help advance them on the other side. And I think it comes back to us as well. We're helping them. They help us in return. Um, Another question is, where is the dimension that we go after we pass over uh, relative to the dimension we are living in now? Well, you know, we've talked about this before and how that, you know, sometimes we say planes of existence and sometimes we say dimensions and sometimes like in a lot of books, especially um, books written long ago, they talk about spheres and that you advance from one sphere to the other. But the bottom line is that if it's a different dimension, I believe that, you know, where it is relative to us is right in front of us, you know, I mean, right in front of us, there's like this, this membrane, where this other dimension is happening and some people are able to pierce that membrane and get glimpses and some can, you know, pass through, but, you know, I don't think that you look up and say, okay, that's where the other dimension is. I think we're just surrounded by these other dimensions. What do you I think? Yeah. I think the looking up is helpful for one to understand who you might be communicating with because any place else that you look and be like, Oh, you're looking at Tom or the lamp or the wall. So looking up is just up. And, but I, I agree with you, Bob. It's, it's, it's just right here. (laughs) It is right here. And the difference is not necessarily that you're going someplace, but rather that you're changing vibrations. And uh, a good example is, uh, if you listen to the radio, you've got a transistor radio. Well, I'm dating myself with that. I don't think anybody has a transistor radio anymore. But or your phone, and there's music coming out of your phone. Well, where's 
the music coming from it's it's coming through the airwaves through a frequency but you don't see the radio signal coming in but you you know it's there because you hear the radio and it's the same with spirit you don't see the spirit because it's on a frequency more akin to the radio frequencies or even higher and so it's there the spirit is there you just can't see them yeah that makes sense yeah i um you might want to take this one uh melissa you know people people say that one of the keys to doing better in your grief is to learn to accept and go about playing the cards that you've been dealt what do you what are your thoughts about that well i think acceptance comes in time. I like thinking more towards finding meaning and not meaning like, why did they die? But making meaning from their death so that you you learn to accept that they're no longer here in the physical plane, but that you can still have a relationship with them as well as going on to have other relationships, just saying if it were a spouse, your love does not change for the partner that you lost. And yet, and you can have that same feeling of, of love and, and the grief that's because of the love and yet move on to having another relationship. It does not diminish, which I think so many people are afraid of. It doesn't diminish it. So I think looking for meaning, like something to make of the loss, you know, a simple, a simple um, object kind of analogy, you know, a bench, putting a bench down in the park with a plaque on it for your loved one and going and sitting on that bench from time to time and looking at the same view that, you know, they would have enjoyed or enjoying that other people are doing that as well. Or people like finding Forever Family Foundation. You found meaning with your loss big time. So, yeah. Things along those lines, I think, are important to work towards. Yeah. I I just think that there's some value in recognizing that there are things that are just beyond your control and you could let it eat at you for the rest of your life or you can make the decision that, okay, this happened. There's nothing that I could have done to change it. There's nothing that I can do now that's going to change it. And there is no choice but to to move on and make the best of what I was given, you know, and until we meet again, you know, so yeah. that's the way I think of it. I think that's um, the healthiest way to go yeah. about it. Uh, here's one. Um, can someone who dies as a child start off in the same level in the afterlife as someone who lived a long life? Um, I think that the duration of one's life is meaningless um in terms of where they start off um so and when we say start off you know the theory is that when you pass on you are among people of like mind you know or people you know i mean if you were a warm and loving compassionate person you'd be start off in a different place than somebody who was a mean and spiteful vindictive revengeful person you know so um in that sense so then you could say to yourself though okay well 
the child doesn't have a body of evidence, you know, where they exhibited these things, but then we get into the soul part of it. Right. So, so how, how can we make a judgment just based upon like a child that lives a day or a week or a year, you know? So what, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. That, the soul part that, that's, you know, I think my natural you know thought is a child dies, a child emerges on the other side, but only in, I, but I don't believe that. I believe it's, they're born into this world, but the, the, the spirit that's, that they embody is age, perhaps ageless. It, it, Definitely. And so when they transition to the other side, sure, we'll, if it was a child and grandparents or loved ones are there to meet them and we keep them in our heads like as a child, or someone will say, well, how can my child communicate with me? Because they, they didn't even learn how to talk when they were here. And, you know, that's not true. It was the, the spirit that was within them, the, the body, that the physical body was the child's body, but the spirit. And, and was, what if you flip it the other way? And in this, do does everybody start the same when they come in, when they're born? Because we all know, uh, you know, seven, eight-year-old kids that you look at and you talk to them and you go, well, that that's there's an old soul. Oh, like the one living in Bob's house. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, there's there's old souls uh, on this side, so there are old souls on. Well, actually, there. I don't. I don't want to continue that sentence because there aren't old souls on the other side because everybody's timeless. It's everything's <laughs> infinite. So young, old is immaterial in the spirit world. What would we, well, let's come up with? What would we say? A wise soul, an experienced soul. Yeah, a, a an advanced. Soul, oh, advanced. Maybe. That sounds. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a kind of a related question, and I got to admit, I thought I think about this sometimes. If there are different levels in the afterlife that we progress to, is it like dying in one sphere and then being born again in another? I mean, do we go through this repetitive things like in the physical world, you know, we we are born and then we die? Um, in a sense, I think it is, but it's not as uh, traumatic, right? I mean, it's, I think it would be a more subtle, more of a transition than a birth and a death. I mean, yes, in a sense, we're leaving one sphere, so we're, we're, we're dying in that sphere, and we find ourselves in yet another sphere, so we're born into it. But I don't think you can equate it to the physical birth and death. I so recall, as yeah. you guys might, in Testimony of Light, yeah. when our nun crossed over, Francis Banks, she described it. Now, she was not indicating at all that she was a newborn or a baby, but it was very much like what a, a, a baby would do is sleep and then wake up, take in the surroundings, go back to sleep. And that was the process or the stage she was in for a bit. So mm -hmm. I don't recall the duration of time, but... Mm -hmm. And also in the physical world, if you go back a few hundred years, 
in just cultures like the Native Americans, uh, the Vikings, they didn't think of death as a big traumatic thing. They actually did think of death as the rebirth in, you know, you, you're born into the spirit world, that it's, uh, it wasn't a traumatic thing for the, those cultures. And yeah. uh, it's only this, uh, you know, this, this age that we're living in now that is so materialistic that we, uh, we think about death as being such as being final. Yeah. Here's a, a question that came in. Uh, how do you explain people knowing that their life, their physical life will be short? I think it's a knowing. Yeah, it's yeah, maybe and and maybe because it's short, we've also been seeing or read about the contract that before you come to this planet, you sign on for the life you're going to live. Like Mother Teresa signed on to be, you know, with helping the poor and uh, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, you, your life tends to be. And for the person who signs on to be here briefly uh, to make whatever impact is necessary by that person being here and then gone, uh, I, I do think that they maybe hold on to a little bit more of the, the overall sense of who they are and the big, big picture yeah. if they're not going to be here that long. Uh, and proof of that or, or evidence of that is we've all f- also seen that children are more attuned. They're more aware. They're more psychic. And most of them have that, I don't want to say beaten, but, you know, driven out of them by societies telling them, no, that's, you know, oh, I saw grandma in my bedroom last night. No, you didn't. That was your imagination. Or, you know, whatever that you had psychically as a kid, you were told, no, that's not right. You know, you know, grow up, don't do that. And then as you grow up, you do take on the thing of, yeah, I was ridiculous as a kid. Yeah. And didn't didn't you, Bob, discover in your daughter's writings? She, yeah, I mean, she, she definitely knew. And, and, and I, I agree with Tom's uh, explanation that, you know, it, it's part of a greater knowing, you know, um, but I'm also open to um, an explanation that it, it could be um, something to do with, with psychic ability that uh, it could be precognitive people getting a glimpse of, of, of what's going to happen in the future. They may not be able to pinpoint it, but they know something, you know, it's going to cut their lives short. Um, and they, um, they don't necessarily know how they know it, you know, uh, but they, but they just know it. So that that's a possibility, but it's clear. And we, we've come across this over the years, so many time after time after time, especially with children, with parents who say they knew, they knew, they knew. I mean, yes, I found it in, in my daughter's writing, but uh I, certainly not the exception a lot of people they just have have that that knowing um on the other hand (laughs) there are people like me i always had when i i remember distinctly that when i was even as a young child i always had the inner feeling that i wasn't gonna you know i wasn't gonna live a long life 
Um, and that turned out, I mean, not that I'm that old, but it turned out that that's not true. When I think about that, I think that I may be picking up, was picking up on the fact that my loved ones surrounding me, you know, we're not going to live a long life, you know? So I'm, I'm open to that explanation too. Uh, but yeah, certainly um, it, it is a phenomenon that, that we hear time after time. Here's you a question. That, oh, well, can yeah, I, can, yeah. can we think for a minute though, if we were a parent of um, a child that expressed this a lot, how would we, how would we handle that? You know, would we just, push it down well i did i mean i did i mean i i i, I had an experience uh, with my daughter I, I i probably told this to you but um when we were she was on a college tour with us you know for her big sister because she was two years behind and we were having a nice day and we're going touring this campus and um and then um i looked and i didn't see her so where 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 did she go where's bailey and then in the distance, I saw her sitting on a bench and she was crying, hysterical crying. And I sat down next to her and I said, Bailey, what, what are you crying for? She said, Dad, I, I have so many things that I need to do with my life. What if I don't get a chance to do them? And my reaction was, what are you, that's, that's crazy. You know, you're 15 years old. You, your, whole, your whole life is ahead of you. You could do whatever you want. You could become whatever you want to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was a typical, instead of, I didn't understand, then that was my first, you know, that later I found out that wasn't the only incident. She had, you know, she wrote all the poetry about dying and all that other stuff. So she clearly had an inkling. So in answer to your question, I did what the typical parent would do. You know, I kind of dismissed that. Not really, I should have talked to her knowing what I know now and let her express her feelings and we could have thrashed it out, you know, instead of I didn't do her any good by just dismissing it as being nonsense, you know? So, yeah, I think that um, it's a good point, you know, and it's the same. You can even um, equate that with all these stories that we hear about people who have children that are psychic and, you know, or, or, or mediumistic and, and they tell their parents and their parents dismiss it or tell them, try to, tell them that's nuts or take them to a psychologist instead of sitting them down and understanding and embracing it and saying, wow, that's pretty cool, you know, and that kind of stuff. So I think it's a problem in today's society. I know we don't have a lot of time, but a question just came in. When my daughter comes to me in my dream, she's younger. Do they go to the past where they are happiest? She passed when she was 20. Absolutely. You know, we hear that time and time again, that people will appear to you, your loved ones, at the time that they felt the best about themselves. So if your daughter's, if her happiest time was when she was 10, she's going to appear to you as 10. If your father, um, who before he passed was was in a wheelchair and suffering, he's not going to come to you as he was. He's going to come to you when he was 40 and robust and happy, you know. So um, I think that's... Um, the majority of, of, of time when they come through, it's at a younger age. You've heard that, right? Oh, of course. And, and of course, they're not looking that way for them. They're looking that way for you. So that's what, how they want you to see them. Right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's true. I had, 
I had read a book, and that was a, a fiction, a f- book of fiction uh, for middle grade readers, but it had those in the afterlife reliving their best day or best time over and over again. It was like their go-to thing. It was almost like rooms of a house and or in a building and you go to this room and, you know, someone's having their dance recital or in this room, someone's having their wedding and it's their best day and they just keep living it over and over again. Hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I, I guess that it's true. Like what, what Tom said that, that, you know, cause they want to, give you the most comfort and that's the way that you would want to, you know, remember them. So I, I think that's absolutely true. And, and that's the primary reason why they do come through in the first place, right? It's not for yeah. them. As Tom said, it's, they want to let you know that they're okay and that they are aware and that you're going to see them again. And that's why all this stuff that we talk about continues to happen and has been happening, you know, throughout the ages because, that's the primary importance. And it also goes to the point like people say, well, you know, how come I don't get, you know, descriptions of the afterlife and what they're doing and, and um, how come I don't get really like, more specific information, you know, but it's really the, it's hard enough to get the message across. It's, I think it's really the, them just, some of these signs seem to be so mundane and, and uh, insignificant, but it's there. They know you'll pick up on them. You know, they give you this long diatribe. They're not going to get through to you. You're not going to understand. The medium's not going to understand, right? So, uh, uh, but that's that's a question that we get a lot. I'm surprised we didn't get one today. Like, what is the afterlife like? You know, yeah. and the only way we know what the afterlife is like is through these um, channel reports. You know, like the book that you're reading now, the Unobstructed Universe, where it's not a medium interpreting it the the person in spirit was taking over the medium's body the medium was unconscious of what was going on right. and then these, these long exact descriptions just kept flowing you know and that was that's really really where we get the information from and there were a lot of those reports you don't yeah. see much of it today but yeah. for some yeah, reason you know, been, yeah i did want to i mean we're bringing it right back to the beginning of the show with that book and i'm reading it and and I'm reading it and going, I am not following this at all. They're yeah. they're coming up with orthos and yeah, yeah, this and that, and I'm going, okay, you've got these words you're throwing out, but I have absolutely no conception of how it it has any meaning. So, and and the Seth books, which we've mentioned also, where Seth even comes out said, oh, look, I could tell you exactly what it's like over here, but you're human mind could not possibly comprehend it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's true. It is true. It's absolutely true. I know what I know what it's like over there. It's beautiful. The colors are more real than real. And it's spectacular. That we've that we have gotten. We've gotten reports of that. Well on that note, that's a good place to stop. Yes. Um so um I'd like to thank everybody for listening tonight and Would you guys like to say something? I'd like to say our loved ones are really only a heartbeat away. And science is going to prove it. Good night, everyone. See you next week. Good night. Good night. night.